630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Last night in Calgary, the Flames able to survive Jake Ottinger and the Dallas Stars. So they will host the Oilers game one on Wednesday. Face-off show at 5.30. Game at 7.30 means another round, at least one more round. I get to work with my good buddy Rob Brown, who checks in now. Rob, how are you doing, man? Very good, Reed. How are you tonight? I am doing very well. Okay, did you get to watch the Dallas Calgary game or did you see the, I assume you've seen the overtime goal. Yeah. I actually watched the whole game. It was actually incredibly entertaining game. It's one of those games that when it was over, you're like, if Calgary lost, you're like, yeah, that's not fair. They deserve the victory. And when Dallas lost, you're like, that's not fair. That goalie played so well, he deserved the victory. So it was a great game. I, I'm happy that the Flames won. This is the series I want to see. I want to see Edmonton versus Calgary. It's the two best teams in the division. Uh, tons of talent, tons of skill, tons of animosity, and it's going to be tons of fun over the next two weeks. Okay, so as soon as Goudreau scored, I thought of two people. One of them was Kelly Rudy, and the other one was you. And I assume you know why, because I've talked extensively with Kelly and you really for about two or three years about goals going in over the shoulder short side. Now, that maybe that one was a little different because it was kind of frenetic with a lot of action in the Dallas end, but there's there's a goaltender playing the odds, right? And, but mm-hmm. then there's a player who knows exactly where the open... And Goudreau didn't even look. He just... he like they, they know where the net is. They know where the spot is. So I'm wondering, like, what went through your head after you saw that goal? It's funny. I, I thought it, too, when it, when it first went in... To me, this was um, less about the goaltender nowadays than when we normally see the, the player coming down the wing and gets down real low and then aims for that spot. Just because Ottinger had to make the big save in the slot first, and he's scrambling to get back, and he actually got back and got big. But what to me it's more about is the player's ability nowadays to find that spot. Uh, when I played, he didn't shoot there. Nobody could hit it with any consistency at all. So you never even thought about putting the puck in that spot. But players nowadays are so talented, and they know that that's a spot that they can beat goalies on. So to me, that is more a credit of the player today shooting at that spot and less on Ottinger not being able to stop it just because he was scrambling to get into that position. And and it's I've seen a few replays. 
Johnny Goudreau puts that an inch lower, it's probably safe because Ottinger got there. That's how precise and how exact and how incredible a shot it took to beat that kid in net because uh, for, for a while there, you're thinking, okay, the Calgary Flames are going to lose simply because this goaltender is going to beat him by himself. Yeah. Uh, well, and, I th- and you've touched on this. I, I think goaltenders have to adjust. I mean, that's sports. You see it in football all the time. Well, the offenses do this, then the defenses do this. I, I really think, and I know, like, here's the thing. Ottinger, and, and we've seen Koskinen beat that way, you know, Smith, Talbot when he was here. We've seen the Oilers score goals that way. I mean, McDavid tried it against Quick, I think, in the first period on a on a backhand, and he didn't quite get enough on it, but he was trying to hit that spot. I think goalie's got to adjust, Rob, because we're seeing more and more goals go in like that. And I know the, the thinking for the goalies is they want to be down and they want to be in a position to push off and take the pass away. But if shooters are starting to know they can hit it, they're not going to start looking to pass. I mean, I wonder if if start even starting next season, we're going to see goalies and goalie coaches say, okay, we, we have to take everything away from that short side angle. Well, the reason why we're talking about it is because forwards adjusted. And that's what it is. It's a back and forth. Everyone plays the odds. When the coaches go in the summer and say, okay, here's how we're going to teach you, it's based on the odds of, Here's where players normally shoot. Here's where they try to beat you. So if we take away all of these, we've taken away the, 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 the player's best options. And the players started realizing, well, normally I shoot here, but now they're taking that away. They're, I mean, they went from a stand-up goalie to a butterfly goalie to one where they're taking the entire bottom of the net away. So the, the style that just keeps changing. So then players change to adapt. And now we're seeing the players, their, their skill level is so good, and they can hit that spot with consistency. And they're trying it. And now the, you're right, the goalie coaches are going to have to say, okay, we're going to have to adapt to them and, and take that shot away. And how can we do it? Because uh, and it's not just the Connor McDavid or the Johnny Goudreau's that are scoring in those spots. We're seeing it all the time with players who are you know, second, third liners. They, they, they're good enough to hit the spot and they're coming out and they're trying it. And it just opens up so many more options for a player because normally when a player... He's in that spot, as you said, he's trying to pass. But now that he's shooting, that just now there's two options, and there's two things the goalie has to think about. So, yeah, I, I agree 100% that goaltender coaches are going to look at all the video over the course of the season, see the uh, epidemic of goals that are going in there, and say, okay, how do we stop these? What do we have to do? And it's gonna, you're going to have to take away from something else because the goalie's only so big, and that is bigger. So they're always playing the odds of what is the easiest thing to, to, to cover and what is the most difficult thing for a player to hit. But now that players can hit that, goalies are going to have to adjust and try to figure out another way to make themselves big in the net. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the way you put that. And, and I mean, even probably five or six years ago, if a player scored from there, you, you might almost think it was a fluke or the goalie wasn't set, but but now they're scoring more and more often. So I think we'll keep an eye out for that. Um, F- Flames and Oilers, it's going to start on Wednesday I uh, just had Craig McTavish on talking about some of his uh, keys to the series. He thinks, you know, Calgary's going to try and own the front of the net. And he also said this, Rob, he said the Oilers star players are going to have to be alert because he thinks Calgary, well, I, I mean, Calgary does have some guys who can play mm-hmm. physical, who can hit and are, and are going to try and, and shake these guys up. And we know Dreisaitl is probably already shaken up. Uh, a couple of your keys here for this series, and, and might there be a contrast in in some of the physicality between the two teams? Well, 
to me, the contrast is the Oilers are more physical with their forwards and the Calgary Flames are much more physical with their defensemen. I mean, you look at the Oilers, uh, a Cassian, a Kane, an Archibald. I mean, they have to hurt. Like, they are big and mean and nasty. And I think that the Oilers up front are probably more physical than the Flames are. But then you look in the back and the Oilers, I mean, Nurse is a physical player, but more of a, uh, an in-your-face type player. He doesn't throw the big hit as much. Whereas on the back end of the Calgary Flames, they got two or three guys that look for that big hit. They look to to make a difference in the game with a physical uh, altercation. Uh, and we saw that in the Dallas series, some of the big hits that uh, the Calgary defensemen uh, were throwing. Um, to, to me, the big key, Mike Smith has to play like he has in the first series. Uh, I think at one point, if we would have looked at this series two months ago, we would have thought that there was a humongous advantage for the Flames in net. Now, I still believe the Flames probably have an advantage because Markstrom, I mean, he had a season any other year, he wins the Vezina. That's how good his season was. Uh, and he's been consistent throughout the playoffs as well. Now, Mike Smith has brought his game up, so I don't think it's as big a, a difference, but Mike Smith's got to maintain that because Calgary, you would think Markstrom's going to be as good as he is. Uh, and then specialty teams, there won't be a lot of power plays if, if it's anything like what we saw when I was watching the Calgary-Dallas series. So it's going to be at a premium. And five on five we've seen over the season, the Calgary Flames are very good. So you've got to take advantage of the power plays when you get them. So I think both the Oilers' power play and then the Oilers' penalty killing against them, you know, a very strong Calgary Flames power play. So specialty teams, goaltending, which it usually comes down to, and then just trying to be physical up front with the, the Edmonton Oilers, Cassian, Archibald, and players of that ilk, trying to send a message to the Calgary Flames defenseman that uh, if you're going to be physical with our forwards, we're going to make sure we take care of you as well. Yeah, okay. Uh, the guys who spoke today, Kulak, Chris Russell, uh, Mike Smith spoke as well, and uh, Derek Ryan, all of them have played for the Flames earlier in their careers. They were all very careful not to make any direct comparisons. The, you don't want any bulletin board material. And they all kind of said, we're aware of the rivalry, but we, we want to win no matter who we're playing. You know, you played, um, I hesitate to call Boston Hartford a rivalry because I think Boston won <laughs> almost all the time, but Philadelphia, yes, Pittsburgh, uh, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh certainly qualified. No, but again, you were a kid who you know grew up mostly in Western Canada and played junior hockey in BC. It's not like you hated Philadelphia or Pittsburgh. Like, when and how did you really get pulled into that rivalry? You know what I mean? Where you sort of like do the fans impact it more than that history with the fans more than history with players? How do you look at it? I think so. Yes, I, I think when I went to Pittsburgh, uh, the, right from the very first day that I played for the Penguins, it wasn't so much we have to win a Stanley Cup we have to beat the Philadelphia Flyers. And that's just, I was from the fans, from the press. Uh, anytime you did a, an outing or, or a charitable event, all anyone talked about was how much they hated the Philadelphia Flyers. And you've got to be able to find a way to beat the Flyers. So the games became bigger when you played against them. The, the excitement level in the arena, the buildup in the newspapers, the radio, the TV, the interviews, um, the fans outside, the signs that would, they'd have up in the building, or just the walk into the rink you know, the chanting that would be out there. So you understood that it was a different animal when you played against the Philadelphia Flyers. And that's what it's like here. And it's funny, I've been saying for the last two days that there's a lot of fans in Edmonton that didn't want this series. It wasn't, it, it was more that there's a fear of losing to the Flames is 
bigger than the excitement of beating the Flames. And there's just an, a nervousness amongst the city be- from a lot of the people that I've seen and talked to and we've listened to on our show is they, there's a, this worry that these are the Calgary Flames and there's a detest. They, they don't like them so much. It's like I, I don't even want to think about trying to beat them because I don't have to worry about losing to them. Right. So it, it, it's unbelievable. And I've talked to my friends that are like that too. To me, this is the ultimate series. This is what I've been waiting for. We've been doing broadcast. This is, I think, my 15th or 16th year with the Oilers. This is the series that I've been waiting for. Calgary, Edmonton, both teams are very good hockey clubs. A chance to make it to the final four. This is, to me, when, when you grew up playing hockey in your street or in your basement or, or mini sticks on a, in, a, in a hotel room somewhere, and you're an Edmonton kid, you were always playing a Stanley Cup playoff game, and you were always playing against the Calgary Flames. So that's why I think this series is so exciting, so important, and it's going to be so much fun. Yeah, I like how you put that. I've never asked you this in all our years together. Besides Ron Hextall, which <laughs> flyer was the meanest to you? Which flyer was the meanest to me? Um, well, I'm not sure. He really took the cake. I mean, there wasn't, there wasn't a, I mean, there was, every time I stepped on the ice, it was him. Like, not often do you get intimidated by the other team's goalie, but he challenged me to fight like five times in my career. You know, like, I'm not, I don't want to fight the goalie. I mean, A, I'll probably get beat up, and B, if I get lucky, I'm going to get beat up by five other guys. So, yeah, he would. Well, yeah, without a doubt, it was, it was him. He would be my first, second, and third star for the meanest Philadelphia Flyer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. That's that's interesting. That's that. Uh, by the way, he's now the GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins. I don't know if anybody told you that. Yeah, I know. I nothing sacred anymore. Now that's like all of a sudden. I don't know. Who went to Calgary Flames? That Tim Hunter becoming the GM of the, the Edmonton Oilers, and Phil Flurry would be their coach. So it'd be the right. same thing. <laughs> did you did you get to see the Penguins game? By the way, I, mean, I, I think I they lost that series as much as the Rangers won it. I, yeah, I agree. I, I watched the game. I thought uh, they deserved a better fate. Um, obviously, losing Crosby for two games hurt them a lot. Uh, they just they they you, you got to be able to hold a lead at some point in one of those games that you hold a, a lead in and be able to close out a series. Uh, it's too bad because it might be the end of the era there, of the Malkin, Latane, Crosby era. Um, I, I, I think that Crosby's level is still at the same. I'm not sure Malkin's is. Uh, but it, it, was, it was disheartening. It's funny, I'm in a bunch of hockey pools with buddies and family and stuff. I have all New York Rangers. I picked the Rangers to win that series, yet I found myself cheering at the end for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I, just wanted, I didn't want Crosby's season to end. I wanted to see him continue. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fun when they play, uh, when the Rangers play Carolina. It's kind of going to be an unpredictable one to me, I think. Okay, Rob, thanks for doing this. Uh, we're going to be seeing a lot of each other for the next couple of weeks and hopefully beyond. It's going to be fun doing the Battle of Alberta with you, man. I can't wait. That is Rob Brown checking in tonight, our Inside the Game analyst for our Oilers broadcast here on 630 Chet. And, of course, the uh, majority of his National Hockey League career was with the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins being bullied by Ron Hextall. We'll take a quick timeout. You can chime in at 780-496-0063. That's the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way.
it's, I'm really happy to tell you about this. The 630 Shed Gary Drager Memorial Golf Classic is back after a two-year hiatus. This, of course, is the tournament in support of 630 Shed Santa's Anonymous. It's going to be at the Links in Spruce Grove on August 12th, 27th year. Go to 630Ched.com for more details. We would love to see you out there. The Gary Drager Memorial Golf Classic, August 12th at the Links in Spruce Grove. I've played in that uh, several times, pretty much every year since I've been hosting Inside Sports. It's always a great day and uh, so important for 630Ched Santa's Anonymous. Okay, Craig McTavish checked in earlier in the show. Always fun to have him on. He's presented by Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. Uh, Plenty more to get to, including hearing from you. You can call in 780-496-0063. Kellen, what have folks written in tonight? We have tons of written correspondence tonight. First of all, uh, I sent you through the email the pictures Will sent Talking yes. About okay. The- so, so Will from Hannah sent in. Um, these are. I'm opening them now. We got. Okay. So the Nickelback Dark Horse album cover appears to be. Yep. Uh, some sort of sign in the town. Yep. This is on the sign, the side of their rink, apparently in Hannah. Oh, it's on so. the side of the arena. Okay. On the arena. Yep. Sorry, I missed that. Uh, there we go. Will from Hannah. Thank you for sharing. Images from your community and for listening to Inside Sports. That is uh, that is awesome. Exactly. And we got one quick one here before we got to take off here. Kim K texts in and says she doesn't really fear fear the flames. We can beat them. She fears the Sutter. Sutter magic. It's a real thing. Okay. Uh, Gretzky was on Oilers Now with Bob. I want to play a couple of snippets from that interview because he's the great one. want to hear what he's saying. And more from you as well and uh, more clips from some of the Oilers players who spoke today. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.